Venture capital investment in the U.S. during the first quarter of the year was once again looking strong, until COVID-19 put a halt to deals in March. While the virus had limited impact on the quarter, it could be quite a different story going forward. Will investors be more cautious? We'll discuss on this episode of In the Know. I'm Justin Domini. Given this unprecedented environment we're surrounded by, will the halting of deals continue over the next few months? How will the venture capital market change going forward? Connor Moore, national lead partner for KPMG's private enterprise practice in the U.S. and co-author of KPMG's latest Venture Pulse report, addresses those questions and others with my colleague Pete Settles. Here's that conversation. Hello, thanks for joining us today. Today I am joined with Connor Moore, who's the national lead partner for KPMG's private enterprise practice in the U.S. He's also co-leader of our global private enterprise emerging giants network. Connor is also co-author of KPMG's latest Venture Pulse report for the first quarter of 2020. Connor, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Pete. Pleasure to be here. You just published the first quarter 2020 Venture Pulse report. I'd like to begin there with your thoughts on the results and the highlights for the U.S. and the impact that COVID-19 had on the quarter. Yeah, happy to. You know, the way the quarter began, it continued the trend of 2019, and that was a pretty robust first two, two and a half months with many deals closing. And even when COVID hit us in early to mid-March, I think several deals closed in the few weeks after that, again, largely because those deals had probably been in the works for quite some period of time. Due diligence was done, et cetera. It wasn't going to be possible for people to back out at that stage. So when you just look at Q1 in isolation, it does look good. Several billion dollar plus deals were done, led by Waymo's deal, which was actually north of two billion. And you also continued to see the diversity that we saw in 2019. So in Q1, you had financings from fintech companies, alternative meat companies to vaping companies, et cetera. So that diversity continued. Now, obviously, with what hit us in mid-March with COVID-19, that impact is probably more likely to be seen in Q2 and will probably be seen to a pretty drastic degree, particularly on those industries that have been the most significantly impacted by what we've seen over the last few weeks. Thanks. That's a good recap. Appreciate it. Can you share with us what you think about what the impact of COVID-19 is going to have on deals as well as IPOs over the next couple of quarters? Will investors become more cautious? Well, I think on the cautious thing, there had already been a trend in that direction due largely to, let's say, the varied outcome of several IPOs that had occurred in 2019. And so there was always going to be more diligence done around unit economics, paths to profitability, etc. I think now when we layer the impact of COVID on top of this, I think what we will see is we will see a significant slowdown, if not shutdown, to IPO activity. I think there are small windows. Obviously, anybody who is in the life sciences, biotech space, and working on anything tangential to COVID-19 obviously would have an ability to go public and certain other things that have benefited as a result of everybody working from home. But for the most part, I would expect the IPO market to slow down or shut down. You've had the added complexity in the U.S. of a presidential election that is going to be upon us here in the near future, and that has historically been an uncertain period as well as relates to IPOs. So what we could see is we could see 
M&A activity where companies that might have been looking at an IPO exit may now turn their attention to be getting acquired and private equity firms, corporates, et cetera, that a particular company may have been too expensive for them two months ago, that price may change in the current world. So you may actually see some uptick in deal activity as a result of that. What about the long-term effects as we face the new normal with a remote workforce, people working from home, businesses still shut down, and people staying at home? What do you foresee in the future for that? Yes, it's very, very interesting because, you know, my view would be that certain things that have been thrust upon us with working from home, some of those things will actually be part of our new normal. I think companies will see that certain things can occur remotely as efficiently or in some cases even more efficiently. So I think it will continue. I think we'll be able to see the art of the possible that companies can still operate successfully with everybody working from home. So as you can see, companies with video conferencing solutions, companies with any type of collaboration software, companies that facilitate people working from home, they have actually been successful in the stock market over the last six to eight weeks. And I think when the new normal returns, some of that will continue. I think in the short term, obviously, other industries like travel and transportation, hospitality, those things will negatively be impacted. But then when the new normal hits, there will probably be an uptick in that activity. But then we also need to be mindful of the economic impact that this is all having and disposable income will probably be less for some period of time. So there's a whole slew of factors which will contribute to the new normal. And of course, one of the biggest ones being when will that new normal actually occur? That's a good question. I'm not sure people really know that yet. But, you know, over the last year, the U.S. has done pretty well in terms of VC investment. It's been pretty strong. How do you think the U.S. is going to fare compared to the other regions moving forward? Do you think this will continue? So I think VC investors in the U.S. have significant amounts of dry powder available to them. That is obviously not going to change. What may very well change is what are they going to do with that dry powder and that may also vary depending on the industry verticals that they're invested in. It may also vary depending on the lifetime of the particular fund that they're investing from. So if you have a fund that's about to come to closure, most VC investors, I think, have an option to extend that for some period of time, but not a particularly long period of time. That may dictate what they do with their dry powder. So I think there's going to be a choice. Do I save more dry powder now than I would have? six weeks ago for the companies that I may need to shore up because their exit is going to be at least 12 months later than I originally planned. However, is there also some opportunistic ability to go invest that dry powder in the companies, in the verticals that I referred to earlier on, the ones around remote working, et cetera, where I may be able to invest in those companies and may be able to invest at actually a pretty attractive valuation. So they're going to need to figure out how best to deploy that dry powder. From a geographical perspective, you know, certain parts of Asia, China being one of them, has recovered from COVID earlier than most of the rest of the world because they got impacted earlier than everybody else. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But obviously the VC ecosystem in the U.S. is the most evolved, so I would probably expect that one to be more resilient than Europe or Asia as we move forward. Great. Anything that I haven't asked you about, uh, any other highlights you'd like to talk about? 
One of the things that I think will be interesting, we profiled in the past VC firms investing in companies and those companies actually doing a lot of hiring in other parts of the country, just because places like the Bay Area, New York, et cetera, it's become so difficult to hire people. That dynamic will likely change because there have been layoffs. And I think as each week goes by, the expectation is there will be more layoffs of quite talented individuals. Those talented individuals will then be available in the marketplace. So it'll be interesting to see if companies continue to look to hire individuals outside of those key markets or whether that'll actually change a little bit as more talent becomes available. Well, that's great. Connor, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us a little bit about the latest report and what you're seeing for the future. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. You're very welcome. As always, thanks for listening. In the Know is now available wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Feel free to download and subscribe via the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, or Stitcher. Simply search KPMG's In the Know, and we'll see you next time on In the Know.